Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals Lead Sports Columnist, the Lead Sports Columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. All my fears about last week have been realized this week, Jeffrey. I was so fearful last week of, be, of it being like a terrible sports week, and it turned out to be, well, a little quirky, like, you know, not bad. This week, whew, this is the doldrums right here. We've, we've hit it. It feels like we've overcompensated last week being considered – the worst sports week on the calendar by putting all like we should have had half the quirky stuff that happened last week should have been moved to this week. Well, we do have the British Open this week. Pardon you, sir. The Open Championship no, at Royal uh, Liverpool. In, fa- in fact, historically, it's been the British Open. They've just decided to railroad it down our throats. Uh, the Open Championship. They've made it a marketing gimmick I, at Royal the, Liverpool. I was fine calling it the Open, and then when this when this director of the RNA. The lady doth protest too much. And I'm like, you know what? No. You're right, but it hasn't started yet. It's But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we this get, week are slow. But we get the, the lead up to we it. Get day, we get day sports. Because the opens in the morning. No, I yeah. know, but it doesn't start till Thursday. Yeah. yeah. You know, like last night. What did, what did you watch on TV last night? So Aaliyah got TV one, and we watched Love Island, and I'm... That tells you everything you need to know right there, what we, what type of week we're in. Aaliyah got access to TV One. Yeah, I'm pretty good during the summer of letting her have TV One. <laughs> uh, I, I understand there's a debits and credits system. Yeah. Um, the good thing, though, is uh, 
I you take control in sweeps months though. I can safely say I can tell I know when to bail. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm the guy that I know when something is turning and I know when like I will I don't ever have fear of missing out. I will always have fear of buying in. Mm. But I can I've got a good spidey sense of it's time to Phobie? abandon ship. Um fear of buying in, Phobie. Yeah, Fobby. Yeah. You know, you say Phobie, I say Fobby. Yeah. Um it's I, I'm very excited because I think even she senses that the show's getting bad. Um mm. and that may be removed. So then uh when she went to bed, I finished quarterback and then I watched an episode of Billions. Okay. But no, no lie. Side so, TVs were side TVs were Cardinals game so until the Cardinals that, game. On. So the Cardinals game and then NFL Network. I don't know why it took them till just this year. It feels like, like they've always shown a few, a few old games like classic mm-hmm. games. You have access to the most desired library of games in the entire sports world. Yeah, NFL games. It why feels like th- it feels like the only games they show are like last season's games. Correct. They don't show like. 10 years, a game from 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Not enough. And I have been thankful for it. Well, don't they have NFL's greatest games? It's not like they don't show the full game. They'll show like an hour highlight package, basically. Basically, what they've been doing is like the NFL films, like the library of, you know, their Mm -hmm. story of that game. No, no. Here's now what they're doing. They should have, I never figured out why they didn't do this all along. During the summer now, Mm-hmm. They're just showing us like rebroadcasts gotcha. of old games. So last night they had the 2008 NFC Championship game, and Giants still won. <laughs> they still won. Uh, I totally forgot. It's been a while since I'd watched that one. I'd watched the the 2012 NFC Championship game. More, I remember the more frequently. One. Well, I was watching it from my phone at Disneyland. That's mm. uh, that's where I was on that one. I was in college. I had totally forgotten how bad that pick Brett Favre threw was. Yeah. Like, it is, that is, like, that wasn't even a good play yeah. defensively. Like, he just threw it right to him. It was a horrendous yes, decision. Yes, it was a, hor- it was a horrendous and a, decision. And a horrible throw. Yes. Like, it was, it was No, and super- he was never really the same after that throw. I, what I was trying to, did he go to the Jets in 07? Is that his last Packers game? I think so, look yeah. Up, look up when he went to the Jets, because that's the, o, that's the 06, I'm sorry, the 08, the 08 season. See if you went to the Jets in 08. Because that's the 07 season, but the, the game happened in January of 08. I guess he had that one year with the Vikings where he was good, but then also had an awful pick, I believe, against the Correct, Saints. the Saints. Yeah. But remember, that was Bounty Gate. That yes. was the— uh, doesn't uh, count. Greg, Greg Williams was roughing him up. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. I'm, was it 08 with Brett the Jets? Favre. Brett Favre's got a long Wikipedia page. Does it not just say on the right, on the right where no, he here. played for the Jets? He played. Well, he never did. He ever actually play for the Jets? Yeah. Remember, they started like six and zero or six and one. Yeah, oh eight, oh nine, oh seven, oh eight is his last year with the Packers, and then oh eight, oh nine. So that's 07, his, la- oh, yeah. his oh, last. Oh eight, oh nine is when he was with the Jets, and then nine, ten was when he. So was his Minnesota. last throw. Oh, that's postseason. That's why it's. Wait, two thousand eight is when he went to the Jets. Yeah. Did Rodgers get picked off in that uh, Lions game Sunday Night Football to end the year? Last Are both year? of their last passes interceptions for the Packers? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, obviously, I think I know it ended on a turnover on downs, or maybe not. I know that the the Lions, I think, kneeled it out to end the game, but I can't remember how they got the ball back. Mm-hmm. But that would be awesome if both their last passes. Here, hold on. I got the I got the box score up. Let's see the play by play here. If go to like fourth quarter, how the Lions got the ball back? If both those last. If both their last throws were interceptions, that would be incredible. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome! Yes. He threw an interception. 
I, I, Shotgun, thir- third and ten from Green Bay's 33. A. Rodgers pass deep right intended for C. Watson, intercepted, and then the uh, Lions ran out the clock. How great would it be, though, if he stays with the Jets one year and then goes back, goes to the Vikings? <laughs> well, could I, that happen with with I, Cousins? Would that make think, sense? Isn't Kurt now like on a year-to-year thing? Like, I think they— Yeah, if like the Vikings have a bad year correct. or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Wild. That's incredible. The things Both you, their last passes are interceptions. The things you find out on Tell the Truth Tuesday. The truth no, is. No, no, no. Here's, listen. I want to be very clear. I am not a smart person. Mm-hmm. I just have an incredible memory when I gamble on things. Mm, and gotcha. I have a very, I have very, I have a good memory. I'm not smart, but I have a good memory. The fact that I can remember both of those things or that I can make that connection immediately that's why that's why you tune in from two to four. Mm, okay. Well, we've got a good show from two to four today. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday. We'll talk uh, some Big Twelve, some Memphis football, some Memphis basketball. I don't know if you realize this, Jeffrey. I didn't realize it till today. We're only a week away from AAC Media Day, even though SEC Media Day is going on. Is it? Do they only do one day? I believe it's two days this year. I think. I think AAC Media Day is Monday and Tuesday. It's like there's a thing Monday night, like a reception Monday night, and then a I welcome, think a welcome reception. And then I think the interviews. Are y'all staying at the embassy so that they can take advantage of the free drink? I uh, well, I will not be going. I've never gone to an AAC football. Usually, they used to have the AAC football media day. This is the first well, in person one since the pandemic. Well, I was they used ask, to have the clam bake up is in Newport, world, Rhode Island. Is the world a better or worse place without the clam bake? I never went, I, and this, I don't think the commercial appeal ever went while I was here. I do know so, from my friends that cover college football, most of them actually liked, not necessarily the clam bake. I think it was just a nice change of pace. They, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, they're into the clam bake. It was they liked that the AAC, the atmosphere was laid back. It was much. It was very similar to what you're talking about. Like, yeah, one of the not, problems. It's not a production. It's you know, you would sit at a table, eat lunch with. Some yes. players, and then you just sit there and you talk, and yeah. everyone's like, "I got good stuff from that." Yes, no, it's it's much more laid back. There's less people at it, um, but this year they've moved it to well, the past few years they've been doing it remotely, which Gus Malzahn reminded us of at Big Twelve Media Day. Um, but this yes. year, this year it's back in person. I believe it's in uh, Arlington, Texas, so outside Dallas. Uh, next week, are they at an Omni? Are at the Omni, like in front? No, of, I think they're the, at that that area around where the football, where the Jerry World is. Yeah, there's but, like but that. it's like live. It's like there's something live. Yeah, but yeah, that's but, not where the Omni is. Uh, Mark, there's multiple Omnis. Oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure that their big hotel in that the big hotel in that that well, perhaps the retail district then. that you're referring to. Yeah, like it's where they have like the it's Rangers. Rangers live, like yeah, uh, I mean, the, the baseball stadium's there. Six Flags is there. The football stadium's there. There's like, you know, we did. I don't know if we talked. I know I've mentioned it to you, and I know it's something that you are well aware of. I don't think Dan Snyder gets enough credit for ruining something that was such an American institution, like mm-hmm. he does. Like he he gets a pass on Six Flags, and he truly yeah. ruined like one of the most iconic. Like amusement park brands we've ever seen. Yeah, he did. He did. He's done. He's done a lot of institutions dirty mm-hmm. over the years. But hey, the legal issues were resolved yesterday. <sighs> he's going to sell the team. Um, two forty or so. Tim Murray will join God, us. It's a shame we didn't get to see whatever story Goodell was going to leak next. 
We'll get Tim's thoughts on SEC Media Days. Uh, your boy Hugh Freeze is speaking, or I believe just finished up. We also had Kirby Smart today, so lots to go over with Tim from Nashville. I don't think he's there, but we'll, we'll no, talk Tim's to him. Bit, yeah. yeah, we'll talk to him about SEC Media Days. Three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Um, we've got the Open Championship. The pairings are out. We've got rumors of who could replace Van Gundy and Mark Jackson on the ESPN uh, TV crew. Joel Embiid. Well, and we also have uh, who's getting Monday Night Countdown. we got to talk mm. about that. We didn't discuss that yesterday. Joel Embiid might have some wandering eyes uh, joining his buddy uh, James Harden. And uh, and then we'll wrap things up with some NFL. we got we, you know the, the running backs. The backlash from the from the NFL running backs is coming fast and furious now after yesterday's uh, franchise tag or whatever contract negotiation with a franchise tag deadline day. Uh, <laughs> it was the it was the last day to extend to, to get a long term extension for franchise tag players. Well, that, why the, do we not have a clip? The NFL is like yeah. the kings of coming up with some type of they will name after for this everything. year. They will after this well, year. I guess it's because they don't think they could sell it yet. Yeah. Once they realize, like, here's how we market it. Um, we also got an update on Hard Knocks and uh, some other NFL stuff to go over uh, as we, uh, I think tomorrow is the first day. Yeah, you said Jets, Wednesdays when Jets the Jets and, and the, the Browns, Browns report to training camp for the NFL. So things finally, we're getting closer and closer to football. Not close enough. All right, let's start, though, with some Memphis football. All right, let's do it. It's July 18th, um, and... You know, this week has gotten you thinking, hasn't it? You know, with big, you had Big Twelve Media Day, and you've got all these Big Twelve coaches speaking. Now you're having SEC Media Days, and all these SEC coaches are speaking. And I, you know, I was starting to think. I was like, all right, Ryan Silverfield's going to speak a week from today. What's you know, what what do, what do you think? The, what do I think the message is going to be? Like, how what's the narrative going to be? And here's my truth. Here's what I came. By. I don't know what he's going to say, but well, let's do that. Let's do that exercise first. Okay. What do we think he's going to say? What we, yeah. And what, what we, should he say? No, 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 no. But let's do what do we think he's going to say? Because I'm like you. I have no idea. And obviously it'll be a lot less high, lot less high profile than any of these SEC not, coaches right. and any of these, even the Big 12 coaches. Well, and it's not, not like just he's going to. And not just because they're in the AAC, just because of the type. I mean, frankly, like in the grand scheme of college football, People outside of Memphis are not really thinking about Memphis football. Yes. Like, that's just the reality of where you are after you have and, two six and, and well, six actually, seasons I would even in the argue, type of league you're in. I'd argue it's even worse. If they if someone is thinking about Memphis football, mm-hmm. it's in the context of like what happened. Yeah, like why yeah, why have they struggled yes. since Norvell left? Um and so um no, it's it's it feels like a you know I felt, you know, it felt like last year was a really important year for the program, but um, it seems like this year the pressure is certainly ratcheted up more because of what happened last year. Um, You're now in year four under Silverfield. You're right in the thick of all this Big 12 talk again, you know, and whether whether it's realistic or not realistic, like right now people are thinking about, Hmm, the Big 12 might expand. Who might they expand with? And, you know, I don't think it hurts to have a great football season in the midst of that conversation. Whether or not whether or not it's extremely realistic, not that realistic, 
we can all agree, it's not a nothing burger. No. No, it doesn't feel like it. Correct. doesn't feel like, like it. I don't know where they are on the depth chart because mm-hmm. I think other factors matter, but they are at least on the depth chart. They're in the conversation. Correct. Yeah. And Hashtag in the mix. In the mix. Hashtag in the mix. Um, so, but like, typically in the past, I mean, like, listen. Well, the other thing I would add, though, to what the situation you're laying out, mm-hmm. like Ryan's name's popping up on hot seat list. Yes, that too. Um, and, and let's just be clear. I don't think, like, getting behind the mic is not and probably will never be Ryan Silverfield's, like, specialty. You know, like, he, like, it's just not, and, like, I don't think that's a def- necessarily a prerequisite that you have to be, like, a really engaging speaker to be a head football coach in college football. That You don't need to be that, necessarily. No, I, I completely agree. I, I agree with both points. A, I do not, I, he's never going to be a dynamic speaker. No. Nor do I think that's a prerequisite. Now, it can help you cover up some other deficiencies at times I, I if would, you're a good talker. I would argue if you're a good talker and also if you're good with media, mm-hmm. it buys you time. Yeah, it can help you. Yes. Um, but I agree with you. In the end, like, Brett Bielema was extremely popular with media mm-hmm. and he was extremely popular even with local media and mm-hmm. we know Bert's a good talker. Yeah. It didn't, in the end, save him from getting fired at Arkansas. Yeah. Um, and so, that's, I want to preface, you know, like, I don't think he is going to, It's this is not going to be some sort of statement moment, if you will, I don't suspect, at media day for Ryan Silverfield, just because I just don't think that's in his nature. Um, but Mark, and, it's football season. Can you use the, please, can you use the proper nomenclature? What's that? DNA. DNA. Oh, it's not in his we DNA. Talk about team DNAs, man. Team DNA. Um, and so, but what do I think he'll say? Well, because here's my here's my tell the truth. All right. I don't really want to hear him say anything, but you know, we got to win. Because it feels like with Ryan, it's like he says the right thing, and then he'll add in like you know, and and you know, keep in mind we're young and we're we remember last year no, like his, his, we came in. He has a for those that have ever played baseball. When you're getting your signs from the third base coach, yeah. you have the indicator that lets you know what the sign's coming. Yeah. If he says it starts with me, mm-hmm. that's the indicator for you can start listening now. Yeah. Because whatever he says after that is usually what he wants to say, <laughs> but he he couches it with it starts he knows with he's me. Gotta, yeah, he's got to. Yeah. He's got to take responsibility. Uh, I I can think back all the coach like freezes had had a couple. If somebody came to see him in his office, mm-hmm. that was whatever was following that was a lie. <laughs> Um, if he said we had a really good plan, mm-hmm. that was usually after here's here's everything everyone else did wrong. Yeah, I I did my job. Like mm-hmm. there's there's indicators, but when Ryan says it starts with me, mm-hmm. just know that he's saying that it doesn't start with me, but he has to say that. <laughs> but I just don't like you know like last year it was like we're really young and I you know I suspect it'll be this year like you know this year it'll be like hey it's the nil era we have like a even though like. Yeah, it's year four. I'm going to have a lot of new pieces. You know, like there's going to be a lot of new faces on this team. And, and you know, at this point, doesn't it feel like that's just that's just the way of the world now? You know, like you're, it's going to be really hard to return like nine starters on each side of the ball in modern college football. Like that's just not – it doesn't feel like that's realistic anymore. I also think at the G5 level, it's probably even harder. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, I, I get I it. Also, I also want to say this. Like, I understand the the 
Tiger football program and Tiger basketball are not apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. But Penny had frustrations with mm-hmm. the way things were going NIL-wise. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have figured out a way around it. Well, not only that, like, hey, come to my house. Uh, we're going to hold a rebound. Like, he went and did it. Like, sitting and bemoaning your circumstances to me is not an excuse. Like, part of the job now is mm-hmm. figuring out a way to get players. Like, it's just part of recruiting. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like, it, there's, there is, there's, you know, they lost, like, basically every receiver from last year. But, like, I hope he's spinning it as, you know, hey, like, by the way, like, our receivers weren't that good last year except for pre-scoring. Like, you know, like, I hope we're getting that type of vibe from him. You know, like, we, you know, like, the, more of a confident vibe. Like, it, didn't it feel like last year, remember that press conference he did? Because he doesn't do a media day anymore here locally, but I'm... If I recall correctly, it was like the first press conference he did of the like after the first practice, and it was like he couched everything he was saying positively about the team with like, but like if you look at our roster, we're one of the youngest teams in the country, you know, like stuff like that. And your immediate reaction was like, oh, he's not sure about this group yet. Yeah, but and then I don't know. I just remember it was weird because like for a while he kept plugging the recruiting classes. Yeah. And then when you really dug in, you're like, there's not a lot of production from a lot of those guys. Um, the reality is this should this is a this should be from whether it's the fan base or the administration or Ryan and that coaching staff or the players. It's a no excuses season. Like you should be good this season. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't want to come out and straight up say like, hey, we got to win. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's fair to say this. Like this is an important season for our program. Yeah, he'll because, s- he'll say that, but like. But, like, to me, like, that says the same thing. Yeah. I just think, like, they got to get some wins, baby. Like, you know, like, ultimately, like, I, I just hope everyone is looking at it that way and not just giving it lip service, you know, like, ultimately. Well, like, my, this is team, your internet working? Uh, yes. Okay. Can you pull up AAC quarterbacks? Because how many of them are going to have guys that are have started, is Seth started 26 games? That sounds right. I mean, Frank Harris has started a bazillion games yes, at UTSA. Frank, Frank is in his 15th season. He's done a wonderful job at UTSA. Michael Pratt has started a bunch of games at Tulane. I still think Seth might be close on experience, but I think Pratt started since he was a sophomore, but the problem is Pratt's had injuries throughout. But okay. Um, then you got, I mean, I, I don't know what you think about JT Daniels at Rice. He's pretty experienced, I guess, technically, not just not at uh well, let, let's focus. Yeah, I mean, he's I can't believe he's still in college football, honestly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I think when you go through the list of AAC quarterbacks, no one else is the really... only one that pops. so Frank would be Frank would be a good example because Frank's played with the same Everyone else is pretty like Navy's gonna have a new quarterback this year. East Carolina Charlotte's gonna have a new quarterback, ECU's gonna have a new quarterback. Um Tulsa's UAB's got like, going to have a new quarterback. Um, FAU. So, like, UAB's got that Louisiana Tech quarterback, Landry Liddy. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how much he's played. Um, Daniel Richardson at FAU is a grad transfer from Central Michigan. So, perhaps. Um, yeah, but he got beat out at Central Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Chandler Rogers is new at North Texas. Um, like those are the only ones. It's like it's Pratt in terms of experience, equivalent experience. It'd be Frank Frank Harris at UTSA, Michael Pratt at Tulane, and then whatever you want to make of 
JT Daniels at Rice. And I guess the other two are who I would I'd focus on because those seem like the league competition. Like yeah, right. Even if even if you want to consider, it feels like if JT Daniels works out, Rice could maybe be a bowl team if that works out great. Correct, and they need maybe. So Spencer's or not Spencer Pratt? Jeez, Michael Pratt's played thirty-four games. So more than Seth. Correct. Slightly more, but equivalent. Pretty equivalent. About an extra half season. Yeah. But like to me, like this is. I mean, to me, like, this is a, such an important year because I still contend I have not seen anything in the Silverfield era that has definitively said this is the right guy. Yeah. And I think you can, if you want to say best case scenario, like, you can also say he hasn't shown anything that says that he's not the guy. He's not like Larry Porter. He's not a terrible coach. It's not going to crater. I just don't know if he's, like, I. I've kind of made up my mind until shown otherwise that like I just I just don't think he's the guy who's gonna get you back to where you were in twenty nineteen. I, I think he's capable of an eight nine win season, but if we're talking about who's just, gonna get you this get, you get strong Larry Coker vibes. Who who's gonna be the coach who gets Memphis back to twenty that twenty nineteen level? Like I have uh I have my doubts it's Ryan, but I think like they need to win some games this year. You know, they need to, you know, like for for three years, they've had a, it, like it's been the same, it, or really two years, last two years, it's been the same problems. Like they don't have a running game, you know, the defense can't get off the field on third down. They don't create explosive plays. They don't create explosive plays. The special team, they got, you know, they, they got a good kicker last year. The, the special teams yeah, got better. That, I, they, you know, I like, mean, their, their special teams were like dreadful the year before that. Or I mean, two we years talked ago. about the only other team that I've seen that had worse special teams than that was that the last Scott Frost Nebraska team mm-hmm. where like they literally were losing like a touchdown a game by sending their special teams unit out. But it's a it's it's a it's a crucial crucial year and you know I like I said I just want to hear I just want to hear from them hey we're gonna go out and win this year. like we're not gonna talk about it we're just gonna go What's out and win. What's the case for the for the they're better? So I guess you the would case start, is you'd start Seth with takes a jump. Seth, Seth, Seth's Seth got to play. We jump. talked about it last week. Like, I stand by. It. I ca- think Seth's got to play better. The case is Seth makes a jump. The O line comes together. And I, like that is a big. I mean, Gabe probably can talk speak to it better than me. But it feels like you're going to have several new faces on the offensive line. I think maybe if I want to be fair to them, maybe more than comes together stays healthy because it yeah. felt like last year the injuries. Well, and they they front. haven't had a run game for you know under. Remember they had. Like it never, it didn't get talked to. It got talked about from the perspective of the individual running backs. But like they had a great running game under Norvell, and they haven't had a great running game under Silverfield. Yeah, and it's it creates a lot of stress on Seth Hennigan. And so, like the way you talk about it, the way the the way you picture this as an elite team is Seth takes a jump because yeah, they lost a bunch of position players, but those position players weren't that good, you know. And maybe you've replaced them with slightly, you know. Maybe you're maybe you're not you don't have a better tight end than Prescorn, but maybe you know maybe this Toledo guy is better than Eddie Lewis, you know, at wide receiver or something like that. Maybe you've made some upgrades there. Um, and then defensively, you played pretty well towards the end of the year, second year under a new um, a new coordinator, and you've got really veteran guys at each level of the defense. And you got like Jalen Allen on the defensive line. You've got the guy Jeffrey Canton Arku. The transfer from Syracuse, who played yeah. last year on the in at linebacker, 
And then you got this kid from Arkansas, Simeon Blair, who played a ton at Arkansas and is like a fifth-year senior. Yeah, but you're still replacing your two best players. Yes, I would say like, yeah, I guess Jalen Allen is probably the third guy on that defense. But yeah, I mean, like your linebacker, you you lost uh, the kid from Charlotte, Tyler Murray. Yes, the the professional transfer. That guy, that guy's a hero. He was a he was a forerunner. Yes. Of uh, a pioneer of hopping schools, I, you know. I really, you know, and moved up every time. Every time, uh, guy was a pioneer. Yeah, and then uh, you obviously you lost uh, Quentin. Uh, why am I blanking on his last name all of a sudden? Johnson. Yeah, Qu- Quindell Johnson. Quindell, me, not uh, Quentin. Uh, Quentin Quindell is a, Johnson is a different player. Yeah, but you're you're banking on set, you know, and second year with coordinators, new coordinators, you know. Now, one thing that isn't getting talked about, we just mentioned how the kicker was really good last year. Like they're gonna they, the the kicking situation and the snapping situation apparently in the spring were not exactly uh, copacetic. Uh, they brought in, in some guys, yeah. yeah. They brought in some guys since then, uh, and so we'll see how that comes together. But I, I mean, I think there's to me it 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 though it doesn't it feel like of all those things I just mentioned, the thing that makes the most sense is like the way they're going to be good. We said this I think last week or two weeks ago is like Seth taking a jump. That is the key to it all, it feels like to me. Is is and maybe that comes from the running game's better. So he's not you know, like last well, year. I, felt- I think I think it would clearly start here. In fairness to Seth, Seth's been a large portion of the year not having much faith on the left side of the line. Like he, I felt like a lot of times he he clearly didn't trust it, and I don't think that was unfounded. He didn't trust it, and so it felt like he was always starting off like in the hole. Mm-hmm. So if you get a little bit better up front, trust it better up front. I don't know. I just still think the biggest problem that we're seeing is, like, I just – I still don't know what the offensive philosophy is. Like, I just don't think you can have an offense yeah. in today's football where it's not – the rules are such that it, you have to have explosive plays, and this just mm-hmm. does not feel like that offense. Yeah. No, I mean, Cramsey is <sighs> – I'm not even saying it's like a – I don't – I don't honestly think Cramsey's doing anything that Ryan doesn't want him to. Yeah. Well, Cramsey has historically been like, uh, you know, I'll fit the personnel type of, like, I, I, you know, I'm a good soldier. You know, yeah. like, that's kind of, it feels like what his MO is. I stay employed. <laughs> um, and so, I, you know, and then the other part of how you sell this is, let's just be honest, it's the worst Memphis schedule in a long time. It's the easiest Memphis schedule in a long time. Yeah, I mean, there's always this weird reality now in college football where it's like teams that you don't expect to be good. But, like, like still, it's set up so – like, if you're – all we can do is base it on what people think in the preseason. You're right. There could be – you know, Tulane last year is a perfect example. They were – no one thought Tulane was going to be an unbelievable team last year. TCU. Yeah, TCU. You you can't ever know. But based on the preseason prognostication – this schedule worked out, other than the Missouri game, flipping to St. Louis instead of being at home like it should have been. Yeah. Everything else went their way in terms of schedule. Yeah. Like, you're getting, in terms of, like, who you're playing. You don't have to play UTSA at all, who is, them or Tulane is the preseason favorite in the league. You get Tulane at home. You get SMU at home. Yep. And your road games are, like, all against first-time head coaches. Mm-hmm. UAB, Charlotte. Um, who am I missing here? Uh, you said UAB. You said Charlotte. FAU. F- uh, do they play FAU? 
Actually, now you say I don't think they do. No, I don't think they do. But that's another thing. They get the the one first year head coach who feels like he's like the best equipped to start off fast. Tom Herman. I don't think you have to play. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm blanking on that. Oh, Navy's the other first time head coach. They but they get them at home. I believe. And the problem with Navy's, it's like it's a first time head coach, but it's like the same system. Yes, more than likely. Um, well, no, I mean, wasn't he? Wasn't he? He's he was the def- he was the defensive coordinator. But I thought for like Ken he's any other Kenny like disciple. Um, I don't think he's a disciple. He's defensive guy. The is offensive, but um, North, North Texas. Texas do they have a new South coach? Florida? Yes. Yeah. North Texas, and South, South Florida, Florida. Yeah. Charlotte, and UAB, and te- you get Temple Navy. on the road. Like you got, it's a it's a very soft. It's it is set up. For Ryan Silverfield to have his breakthrough moment as head coach, whether you whether you're a fan of him or not, like if the guy goes nine and three, oh yeah, no, I agree. He's like that's a good season, and like he'll you know you'll be in the mix for the for the league title, league, you know the league championship game to be in the league championship game. I don't know if nine and three will do it, but well, the the odds are nine and three means you probably only have two conference losses, and I think you'd probably be in the mix. Yeah, um, and so. You know, it's set up for him nicely. Um, if, you know, the big if is, like, there's going to be a lot of new faces just because of the nature of college football. Um, and also, like, let's just be let's be real. Like, Memphis lost, I think, some guys they weren't expecting to lose. Yeah. You know, this offseason. And now... Now, it, in fairness, I think that probably happens. I mean, that happens everywhere. Yeah. And it feels like... It feels like, at least based on pedigree and resume, they've done a decent job filling the gaps, if you will, from what they've lost. Now, we've seen with these transfers, especially in football, like just because a guy came from Mississippi State or came from Arkansas or it's came not from wherever, sure. it's, it's, like, you know, there was a reason he wasn't getting playing time at those schools. And just because he was at the at, at those schools doesn't mean he's going to be some primetime player going down to the AAC. Theoretically, that that's how you – Want it to work out, and sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at like I was curious that like UTSA's got a brutal schedule, right? So they open at Houston, then they get Texas State at home, Army at home, at Tennessee, mm. then they're off week. They start at Temple, UAB at home, at FAU, East Carolina at home, and they close at Tulane. Like they have to play. Like it feels like they get the two tough game, like the two games that are like the teams that are kind of in that upper echelon of expected to be good. They have to play two of them on the road. Yeah. So um, I, th- I think if you get, I think if you have two conference losses, I bet you're in the mix for the title game. Usually you are. Yeah. Usually, like usually you would be like maybe you're not hosting. You're not hosting with two losses, but you you could be the second team. I just don't. I mean, do you expect Tulane to go undefeated? No, I think. I think Tulane strikes me as a team that, like, if you really watch them last year, like Pratt is a good player, but that is that was not why they were great last year. No, I, and everyone, everyone's just kind Tajay of Tajay was awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the running back was really good, and like everyone's just kind of like my gut tells me Tulane is not building some juggernaut. They are typical Tulane, and they're going to take a step back this year. Now it's not going to be like they're going to go back to being two and ten. But like you could tell me, they're going to be more like an eight and four, nine and three team this year, as opposed to what they were and last year. While you've struggled at Tulane, you haven't really, sh- you've done pretty well with them at home. 
Yes. And Ryan, in general, has done reasonably well at home. He hasn't been quite as good as Norvell, but they still win more, you know, they don't lose very often at home anymore. Yeah. But, like, last year they were, eh, last year's the most, they were 5-2 and two at home, um, which isn't, but that was probably their worst record in a while at home. I was trying to remember what the, let's see what 2021 was, I think. I know they lost 2021, the ECU they were five. They were five and two in 2021 too. ECU and then who else? UCF was that UCF? No, that yeah. game was in in Orlando. That was in Orlando. It was uh, ECU and UTSA. Oh yeah, Remember? yeah. It came from but only one league loss. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll get into some. We'll save some Big Twelve stuff for. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk with Tim we'll, Murray about. We'll save it. that for. The, let's save it for the list. Let's save Big okay. Twelve stuff for the list. Let's let's get into SEC media days, college football. We'll do all that next with Tim right here on Giannato and Jeffrey, ninety two nine FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tim Murray's the host of V-CIN Primetime, airing from 5 until 8 local time on V-CIN. He's also the host of the V-CIN College Football Betting Podcast. He's on Twitter, at 1TimMurray. Tim, does SEC Media Days have you lusting for football? Well, considering I just wrote up UMass and UConn mm. the Eastern College Football Betting Podcast, oh my uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, just uh, who's going to be giving points in that game? Just spent. Oh, uh, UConn will be laying points. UConn's decent. Um, 
Another read. They're auditioning for the Big 12, just like Memphis. By the way, by the way, uh, I found this quirk very fascinating uh, as I was doing my deep dive on those two particular teams. They don't have a venue announced for their season finale showdown, uh, the Battle of New England. We don't know where the game's going to be played. Maybe it'll be played at Fenway. Maybe it'll be played at Gillette Stadium. Maybe they'll just go to Maine. I don't know. Uh, they have a, we don't have a venue yet for uh, for the showdown between the Huskies and the Minutemen. I, why, so you're doing – it? it's but not we, even the season opener and you're doing like a betting prep for it? No. I So at VEASAN, we, we have a preview guide coming out uh, August okay. 3rd. And uh, I was – I, I ro- raised my hand. Projecting out some records there? Well, I raised my hand to do the independence because Notre uh, Dame's in there. So I'll do Notre Dame. And then with that comes Army, UConn, and UMass. But uh, three teams left the independent ranks. Can you name them? Anyone? Anyone? L- as in joining a conference? Yes. This okay. Past year. Liberty? Ding. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Kennesaw State? Nope, hasn't made it yet. Oh, they're not football. They in basketball. They joined conference USA. Hang on, I'm trying to think. Um, they joined. They joined CUSA. I next was going to say who. Yeah. Oh, okay. James Madison. No, they were not independent. No, they, they were. F- they were FCS. Sun Belt. Um. Hang on. No, they were FCS last year. James. James Madison. No, no, no they, they were. Sun, they they were, were Sun Belt, but they were ineligible oh, yeah, for the title. Right. They that's were ineligible right. for the title. That's right. Uh. Okay, I'm trying to remember who went independent. One's pretty big. One's a pretty notable, it's a notable program. Mission. Big, big following. Oh, BYU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, BYU. Yeah, I always yes, forget that they're you now know, in the, the Big 12. But they're also West Coast Conference and everything else. Like I always get tripped up on that. So there's one other school that was independent that's now in a league, is what you're saying, other correct. than Liberty and BYU. Yep. Texas State? No, they were no. Sunbelt, right? You got you got a state right, huh? Yeah, it it uh, is a blank state. Oh, this is tough. Georgia State? Nope. No. Hold on, I'm trying to think here. Oh, oh, oh! I know, I know. It's everybody's uh, buy game. Uh, New Mexico State. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. Everybody's buy game. The Aggies, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. The other Aggies. Um, Fighting Jerry kills the. Put some respect on the uh, Quick Lane Bowl champion. New Mexico State Aggies. Thank you very much. Okay, I've got a proposition for both of you as right. college basketball ex- or college football experts here. Got a question. I just came up with it now in either or. What's more likely, Georgia three-peat or Jimbo Fisher loses his job after this at some point this Ooh, season or after the season? What's like more likely? That. Tim, you're the guest. By all means, go first. I will say what's more likely. I will say Georgia three-peat. Wow. Um, Something that hasn't happened since 1936, I believe, with Minnesota. I think yeah. it's that. Uh, is there? I, I, I think Georgia is pretty much, I don't want to say guaranteed. I hate going that route. But yeah, 1934 schedule, through 36 with Minnesota. Their schedule is is pretty manageable. Um, and uh, – to, to make it into the playoff this year, and, and we'll see what happens. I actually think Texas A&M, and this could be a I'm with you. I, painful I think last words. I think A&M will be better. Um, you know, I, I also think it has the potential of just being an utter disaster with Bobby Petrino being the offensive coordinator down there. So uh, I can't wait for that, but uh, we will see. But uh, I would say more likely Georgia. I think neither happened, but uh, I would say more likely Georgia. I think the problem with Georgia right now is 
the only case that you can make against them is boredom. Or, you know, mm-hmm. just like, okay, the yeah, guy. Yeah, they'll get complacent. Yeah, it's like. Compl- look at them this offseason. They've just been drag racing around and. You know. Right, but like when you look at when you look at the roster, Getting too big for the britches. When you look at the roster and when you look at the schedule, like it's kind of well. Tough. You can talk yourself into it. In the quarterback might not be good enough. Yep, Carson Beck could. You know, we don't know. Yeah, but as much as as much as you know, we can talk smack about Stetson Bennett. The guy ultimately was the MVP of every playoff game they played. Right, but I look back to I look back to the not last year, but the. The first title year when they got beat by Bam in the championship game, he was pretty pedestrian for a lot of that. Well, I would say this, though. To go with their non-conference schedule. So they play UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and then that game against Georgia Tech. Can they go? They can probably go because they're going to start out at number one as long as it's not a horrible loss. Well, I think I, they I think can they go get, eleven and one and still make the play. I think they go eleven and one, and as long as they are in the SEC champ, the only way that eleven and one doesn't get them in is like if they lose to Tennessee and Tennessee's undefeated. Okay. Um, so if they're but, twelve and zero going into the SEC championship, I think it's the same thing. them to the playoffs. It's you know? the same thing as two years ago. Like they're just in. But if you yep. look at the last two years, each time going back to the quarterback question, they've had to go out and win like one shootout. Ultimately, I believe last year it was the Missouri game, or was that two they years had co- ago? They had to come back against. Missouri. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if it was necessarily shootout. It was like yeah, it was. It was, it was, was in the was like, That yeah. was two years ago. No, yeah, last Missouri, year you're right. Twenty six, twenty two. You needed you needed Stetson Bennett to go bring you back. The only into the shootout game. they had was the playoff game, the the Ohio State game. Yes, that that got in. You needed you needed yes. a quarterback for that game. Yeah, yeah. and the well, the LSU game is deceptive. Fifty to thirty. It was deceptive. And they it, were, it, didn't, it never felt like they were going to lose that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that was LSU with like that was like a yeah. That was a, a comeback like when it was over special. Now this is the thing though that interests me, Tim. The last time Alabama failed to make the SEC championship game in consecutive seasons, that was 2010 and 2011. So the Cam Newton year, and then LSU's year. Uh, LSU's year where they had they had to end up playing Alabama in the, in the title game in the rematch. So other than that, every time they've missed the title game, they've gotten right back. How confident are you that that happens this year? I'm not. Um, I've talked know, I've myself kinda, into LSU. I've kind of gotten to the point where I feel like the hype around LSU is getting a little too loud. Okay. Uh, everywhere you look, it's, you know, and, and I just had uh, – you know, Connor Barwin, former Eagles DN, was on my show this week, and I asked him about Brian Kelly, and he was like, "Yeah, he's going to win a national championship, you know, at LSU at some point. It wasn't this year, but." And I agree. I, I do think that. I'll say this, and I'm starting to. I don't know if I'm overthinking it because Alabama does have its deficiencies, no doubt about it, and it's glaring at the at the quarterback position, uh, whether it be Milrow or Buckner or Simpson, whoever it's going to be. Uh, no one at this point really scares you. That all being said, I mean, over the last four years, I think they've had a top two recruiting class each and every year. So they've just been stockpiling dudes uh, all over the place. The wide receiver position, I would like to see someone kind of emerge there. But I don't know. When when you count out Alabama, and there's an article up on The Athletic right now basically kind of playing into that, which is, you know... Um, 
which is kind of this situation, which is, you know, how Saban reacts as kind of being that so-called underdog, even though they're technically going to be a favorite in every single game this year. Um I'm just I'm I'm not there yet. I understand the LSU hype, and I I'm not saying you know you're wrong, but I just it I don't know, man. It's just it feels like crapping on Bama is just a little too easy this off season. Oh no, I I agree with you. I guess my basis for this is I think Bryce covered up a ton. He did hundred percent. Like I think. I know Bryce won the the Heisman the year before. I thought he was better last year. And, like, I get why he didn't win the Heisman. But, like, I just, in terms of what he did for his team, I thought he was awesome last year. If they're really going to play Tyler Buckner, nobody's seen him more than you have, and I've watched him a good deal. Like, that's a problem. And maybe Jaden Daniels isn't what he was billed to be when he was a five-star and whatnot. He's still a lot better than probably whatever Alabama's going to play. I've not seen anyone from them the last two years at the receiver spot that I'm like, that guy's a game-breaker. I I just... <sighs> That's all logical. Like, and to I'm me, not, like, I and just, I'm not, and the, the LSU and I, roster's obviously not bad. Like, let's be real. No, no. And I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but I just... When we get into this predicament of... You know, think back to the SEC championship two years ago when Georgia was a favorite over Alabama. I think that was the first time Bama was a dog since 2015. And Bama went out there quietly and just smoked them. You know, ultimately they lost in the national championship. Now, Jamison Williams got hurt in that game. And, you know, that certainly changed the trajectory of, of how that national championship played out. But, you know, and we had uh, we had Andy Staples on the show a couple weeks ago. and And he basically said, you know, I think it was, I forget which team it was. There was a team in like, I don't know if it was 20, I don't think it was 2012, but there was a team where they walked into camp with like five potential quarterbacks and they won the national championship. So I I agree. I mean, Tyler Buckner here, I'll put it this way. Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame went out and recruited over him, right? They brought in Sam Hartman. They were not satisfied. It was, I'll tell you what year it was. Tyler Buckner. It was 2015 because it was the year. Because twenty third, whatever twenty eleven through thirteen was big play J McCarron, twenty fourteen was Blake Sims, and that was the team that got beat by Ohio State in the playoff game, the Sugar Bowl. The twenty fifteen was like Jake Coker, Cooper Bateman, uh, like they brought in like four guys, and then they end up sticking with Coker, but they benched him. That was the year that he was talking about. Yeah, so. Look, all of what you say is is totally logical, and that was my initial feel. I just I'm at the point where I haven't you know bet on Alabama or against Alabama in a season win total or anything like that. But I just don't I you know it's kind of like Belichick you know prior to kind of completely falling out here with no Tom Brady. But it was like once you doubt these dudes, that's when they they full on thrive. I mean. I don't know. Georgia somehow thought that they were doubted last year, which made no sense. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But, it, no, to your point about LSU, I think LSU is going to be really good. Obviously, they've got a, a massive game right out of the shoot that Sunday night against Florida State down there in, in Orlando, two top five teams, you know, going head-to-head in week number one, which is going to be incredible. But you got to remember this. LSU does go to Tuscaloosa this year. Uh, so, you know, Alabama – does get 
you know, a bunch of these teams, a bunch of these games, you know, at home this year, which I think is, is certainly beneficial. They get Tennessee at home. Uh, they get LSU at home. Uh, LSU yeah. at home. So that, that works in their advantage. They get Mississippi, Ole Miss at home. Um, you know, they go to Auburn. Who knows what Auburn's going to be? So I, I could see them stumbling, especially because Bryce Young, to your point, absolutely masked a lot of issues uh, that they had last year. And, you know, without Bryce, they don't win the Texas the Texas game. Without, you know, Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Do they lose the Texas game? Probably. Um, and they play Texas this year. Granted, Texas comes to Tuscaloosa uh, this year. So, yeah, we will see. But, uh, you know, Texas is another one of those teams, you know, I I'm gonna feel dumb, you know, come December when inevitably Texas does what Texas has been doing for the past decade and plus is you know overhyped, underdeliver. But I bet them to win the Big Twelve. If they don't win the Big Twelve this year with that roster, uh, Steve Sarkeesian deserves to be fired. I mean, I'm serious. Like that roster is so much better than every roster in the Big Twelve. It is. It's a joke. I mean, they are loaded. And that conference is kind of down right now. If Texas doesn't win the Big 12, which they haven't won since 2009, you really got to question what type of coach Steve Sarkeesian is. Would would they? I don't. Would Would you lose Arch if you got rid of Sarkeesian? Maybe. Uh, I I don't I don't know. About Fifteen million other is reasons. Is Arch going to be the starter? No, no, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn yours. yours is. Quinn yours for sure. And the yeah. Ma- and the Manning family is like okay. Like I think yeah, they've I mean, signed off on it's all right. Yeah, it's Eli right, got red, Eli redshirted, and okay. actually Eli set his true freshman year, or whatever, redshirt freshman. He set both years. Okay. Like, right. but there's about 15 million reasons that Arch is in uh, Austin. Yeah. Beyond <laughs> just Sark. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Manning's work. 15 million is not the people of Austin, Texas. And, it's not. He doesn't. He just didn't love it when he visited. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it's more than that. In honor of the in honor of the 15th anniversary of the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Um, that was what the Mannings do. Um, all right, I wanted to ask both of you today. You know, Kirby Smart was kind of the headliner, but Hugh Freeze made his return to SEC Media Days with Auburn. First appearance since I believe 2016 with Ole Miss. He was reminded uh, mm-hmm. that is at his last appearance at SEC Media Days. I believe he challenged anyone to like send in a note to his compliance no, no, office. No, 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 no. That was on Twitter. Oh, that he did that on Twitter. But it was when he, during SEC Media Days. No, no, he fired off that tweet. The last time he was at SEC Media Days was uh, two days before uh, we found like hundreds of phone calls to hookers <laughs> from well, his university issued phone. Well, you'll like this, Jeffrey. He made clear Tuesday that his new offensive coordinator, former Tulsa head coach Philip Montgomery, mm-hmm. will call the plays for Auburn this year, um, and. There's a couple reasons why, but this one was... That was one of the conditions of him taking the job? Um, that's not what he said. Mm. This is what he said, Jeffrey. I want I want both of you, it's Tell the Truth Tuesday. Is mm. this the truth? Quote, someone whose terminology is as simple as mine, I do think I need a new terminology because there are too many people in this league that I went and talked ball with and probably told too much to, particularly up the road from us on both sides. Tim, I'll allow you to go first because I can fill in some details afterwards. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.